Hello everybody and welcome back to yet another Chat About podcast. My name is Gianluca Mifsud and today we are joined with stage manager extraordinary Lisa Baldacchino. Today we'll be chatting about what it's like to take a step away from performing on stage and what goes on behind the curtains to get the show up on its feet, from stage managing to producing, production managing and everything in between. So without further ado, please enjoy. We're starting off with a, with a, a backstage chat today, yes. really and truly. We've got our good friend Lisa on today. So hey, hello, Lisa. How you doing? Welcome to <laughs> Chewing's Chatabouts. Um, glad to have you on. Thank you, guys. Um, but we thought basically today would start off with a... We have two chats coming up with this. We have two different topics. And we're going to be starting off our quote-unquote part one today. Um, and we'll have part two next week. Um, but today's revolving around backstage um, because... Both of us, uh, yeah. both me and Lisa, were quite a bit in, yeah. in different aspects of, of backstage and theatre, as well as on stage as well. We, we delve into it, and I think it would be quite interesting to talk about um, the importance of it, how it might lack sometimes mm-hmm. in the culture set, in the in, in Malta's, you know, yeah. culture That's sector. Um, but before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Lisa? Um, <laughs> so basically, I... I kind of grew up thinking I'm going to be a performer and then 2017 I had the opportunity, did, did not know what I was getting myself into to be fair, um, of what I thought was helping backstage but then I saw the program and I realised, oh okay this is an actual <laughs> thing. Um, and then, you know, the rest is, is history in a sense, since 2017 I've been working backstage, um, stage managing this and that project and the variety from Shakespeare to opera to straight plays. Because we all started with stagecoach, really. Say, that, that's where we all yes. we all met a long time ago. Yes. Stagecoach Pembroke, born yes. and raised. Yes. Stagecoach <laughs> Pembroke Fridays. Fridays, that was the one. Fridays. Oh, still up and running, which I'm very still up and running. Yes, I love it. Quite impressive. Um, yeah, and then and then I think I at the time I, I had I was assisting with stagecoach, um, and Marika from stagecoach told me. Listen, do you want to come help um, backstage the further stages are doing this musical? And I thought, mm. okay, I think you guys were in it. It's so sweet. Which one was yes. it? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. so. You guys right. were in it. Um, and I thought, okay, so for me it was just going in on a Monday and kind mm. of started off with um, working with, with, with uh, Stephen and I was just writing on the blocking. And then, for example, I was working with Lee, the choreographer, and he was like, oh, so I'd like something like this on stage and this, and taking photos and then emailing Ed and this and that and all of a sudden we were planning the photo shoot for marketing and then I see my name on the program as stage manager and I'm like oh wow this is a thing that so was you, your first you could yeah. work into it like that yes yes just like hi do you want to be like the stage manager no, no, just, no. can you do this and then do this and suddenly oh you're just doing all this now literally you know? and and it was it was as an thanks to Eda Marika because I did not I did not know there was this world there I kind of yeah. knew about it I just kind of didn't really think that was the road like I was going to take. Um, it started off as helping backstage. That was like lit- the first like introduction. And then all, all of a sudden then you realize, okay, stage managing is a thing. Yes. Because yeah. usually you build up to that. Usually you, uh-huh. like, you, you work in crew and you like exactly. do props and then you handle this and that. I think that was the beauty of working with um, Stagecoach at the time, to be fair. Yes. you know, Because we always got the opportunity, not only with, with when we did Sweeney Todd with further stages, but yeah. I remember um, during After Medea, for example. Yes. Because we were, we were all part of FMYT mm-hmm. um, a while back. Um, and we had done The Little Prince first all yes. together we had all done Il Berhe Dim which was yes. a Zig Zag show yes. but then I remember you stepping out um, from the stage Medea. for After Medea yes. 
and I remember being like, oh, I'm going to miss these songs. <laughs> because no, that, was, yeah. that was such a... Because at the same time I was doing... I knew I was going to be gone for five weeks due to Erasmus. And mm. I was telling Laura, I was like, I am not going to like be away for five weeks and then come back and the script's ready and I'm back on stage. Like, I did nothing that was fair to the team at all. And I knew how much work you guys were putting it with every Sunday. Um, so I told Laura, let me stage manage it. I don't have no problem. I'll stay back, backstage with the cues. Um, no problem at all. And, and then from there, it kind of the ball started rolling because then Laura asked me to work on another show with her and then from there it really like started. And it just kind of kicks off. That's how the industry That's works it. here. And Literally. It just kicks off. At um, least from there when you start off with After Medea you had the experience from Sweeney Talk to apply to it. it. You know, so you already got yes. that introduction and yeah. I would call it like the shock I think at first stage uh-huh. of getting introduced yeah. to it. And that was my role. That was my intro to stage management because then um, as in love working with him Chris Gott emailed me and was like do you want to assist in stage manage Panto? And I'm like, oh my God, but Panto's a big show. Like, I can't do this. I'm going to mess it up. Let me just start as an intern. And he's like, no, no, you're doing it. It's fine. And he, he was, he is still such a great mentor to me. Um, and, and, you know, being rehearsed and he's like, okay, so right on the blocking. And then when we're in the theater, we'll go through the cues and whatnot and lights. And, and then again, you know, the ball started rolling into that again. So what I find really interesting and when it comes to something like stage managing is, you know, in Malta, you, have, you don't really have a course or like anywhere you could go like, okay, I want to be a stage manager. Mm-hmm. Where do I go? You don't really go anywhere. You just kind of need to find your first opportunity That's and it. you learn yeah. on the job. Because like when it comes to performing, fine, you, you take your acting classes. You, yeah. There are youth theater groups. There's plenty of opportunities yeah. even yeah. For, for people to start off. You mm-hmm. know, there's I'm drama in this professional. You, there's a That's lot to it. explore. But with stage managing, it's kind in of... In Malta, fine. at least, there uh-huh. isn't that guidance per se. I mean... With my experience with educational institutions, um, I I feel, me personally, um, that they lean more towards the performance aspect. So then Mm -hmm. when I was a student and I told them, oh no, I'm going to pick the management track, it was a bit of, oh, but why don't you want to be on stage? And it's like, no, no, good on them. I I appreciate, I adore the artists on stage. My art is backstage with with the script, you know, having that pressure of it's all on me and I need to follow and I need to say go and stand by and this and that. And the thing is, you've, you've been on stage as well, so you, you know that element. So like, yes. So you, I kind of, it's a choice because it's not like you, when, you, when you told them, I want to do the management side, mm-hmm. like, aren't you like, oh, you don't want to be on stage? No, no, like, yeah. it's kind of, you've been on stage, you know what it's like. Uh-huh. So I guess um, it's a preference of some it's, kind. It's a, that's just... it. It's a preference because uh-huh. if I had to choose on stage or backstage, I would choose backstage. Okay. I'm not... Currently, I am working on my uncomfortableness of being on stage. Yeah. Being in panto and chorus was all fun, but I knew it was, I'm chorus, like I'm going to kind of blend in with the chorus and I don't need to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as I'm working on it, but again, yes, I would pick backstage. It's it's so, mm-hmm. there's such, there's a whole other world. Like, it really is a whole other world. Exactly. It's, it's incredible. Like behind the artists on stage, there are so many other artists backstage. Yeah doing everything so on stage looks perfect that sometimes i feel in malta we tend to forget about yeah. i I, th- I think this is something that it's it's a bit hypocritical coming from me <laughs> but i think everyone who's been on stage at a point should work in crew at least once yes mm. because and i think it's it's multifactorial i think lots of people on stage don't know what it's like what goes on you know mm-hmm. so for example panto i've done pantos we, we go into ta'ali for a panto we get there's like six in the evening we're all fresh you know and the crew are like exhausted like we are like pick yourselves up they've been there since nine in the morning handling everything. literally but the actors because actors are all divas sometimes <laughs> don't care you know 
We're like, I oh, know, but we're the stars. We have to be on stage. Not knowing that the crew were there at nine in the morning. Yeah. And then when we leave at one in the morning, they work till three in the morning. That's it. You know? Like, granted, you have rehearsals before as an actor, so it kind of, like, evens out, huh? Mm-hmm. But I think we, t- we take crew for granted. As yeah. We, as in, like, actors and... Per- not all of us, but actors yeah. performing, we really take these things for granted, I it's think. It's interesting. I mean, uh-huh. in this day and age, I'm, I'm kind of seeing, like, the line slowly, slowly being blurred, you know, of, like, mm-hmm. between actors and, and the backstage crew. Because... Mm-hmm. At least the projects which are going on at the moment, like I remember when we were doing Panto, for example. Mm-hmm. Panto is quite a, an easy case of like, there are literally two different worlds. Yeah. Because we're in, we're in a different room, we're in rehearsals for, you know, three That's months. It. And we're literally just focusing on the performance on the stage. Yes. And then once you hit production week, it's almost like a shock factor, you know. You see yeah. double the amount of people <laughs> all of a sudden working on this production. You're wondering what they're yeah. all doing. Um, be it from ropes to backstage managing to stage hands, you yeah. know, you have your stage managers, you have your lights, you have your sound. Because it. it's not just about, you know, a stage manager, you know, That's it. your lighting people, your sound the people, the, the tech yeah. team is all a backstage team, you know. That's it. Um, but then when you work, I feel like when you work on smaller projects, you can get a bit more of an insight into what happens yes. backstage. So, for example, I um, I was doing Zikozaik mm-hmm. last year, um, and the backstage team worked quite hand in hand yeah. with the actors so as production managers we were there for pretty much every single rehearsal that's it you know we got the lighting team to watch rehearsals in and even mm-hmm. the sound yeah. our, our sound but even with lighting and the set team they that's came it. in to watch rehearsals so they were that's introduced it. to the cast before the production yeah. week and that helps even once you get into the space you're more comfortable with the entire team around that's you it. and there's less of that shock factor I yeah. think I mean to be, as in as in I say this because I I am very very lucky that i have had so many opportunities sometimes it gets to a point where if i know i'm gonna have a show for example at teatro manuel i kind of already in my mind know who's gonna be on lights who's gonna potentially do sound and then even sometimes depending on who the company like depending on which company hires me i know okay so they'll have them for sound probably and it's people who you've worked with because that's another thing in theater you do one project and then on the next project you might work with the same actors same ensemble members same crew saying yeah. similar people um so i think there's that as well which which helps as well even mm-hmm. as you're starting out like it's interesting because i think in malta there's not that much of a big pool to choose from in yes. terms of backstage creatives mm-hmm. especially i mean i mean how many light designers are there sound the designers technicians you know there's there's yeah. and it's interesting because even not only not only that but even like when you look at young people there's, there's very few young people mm-hmm. who are looking into and yeah. um, putting putting their full-time effort into it, you know? Because you can find plenty of people who are actors and they're like, oh yeah, but I want to dabble in light design, but I'm also an actor, I'm a performer, you know? I want to dabble in costume design, but I'm also an actor performer. So because that effort is kind of split, Mm -hmm. and usually the tendency is you you put more effort into the performing bit just because... I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about it, but I guess because you're more seen, maybe it's a bit more rewarding, maybe. Um, I mean, it depends, though, because I... Um, like I find it really rewarding for example after Panto show for example Chris and his lovely lovely light cues that never end but I love I still love working (laughs) with him because he challenges me each and every production I feel Um, for me it's so rewarding at the end of a show after a fighty for example or after a complicated like in Panto we had projection and flies and lights and then somehow the the, the set needed to turn because we had a rotating um, stage (laughs) and you know classic Chris got and I love I find it so rewarding that afterwards you know everything has gone you know not bad but you know you've you've done it you've done it and then you hear a child go oh my god 
And for me, that is so rewarding because I'll be like in the box closest to the stage and I'm hearing this and I'm like, yes, yes. Like for me, that is really, really rewarding. I think the crew, the backstage crew, be it all the rows, are, are the main gears that yeah. are turning no, when it comes sure. to production mm. because the cast is always on stage and, and they, are, they are the show, you know, yeah. and, and they prepare the show and always props to them. Mm-hmm. But really and truly, when it comes to it, it starts from getting, you know, in production yeah. week to making sure everything is there, all all the, all the boxes are being ticked. Yeah. Um. It really can't happen without a proper backstage team, and I see it in this day and age. It's quite often overlooked. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe with starting companies or with smaller companies. Um. To be fair, from small even to bigger companies, yeah. that I've worked with. Um. There's a lot of the parts of the backstage, um, which are overlooked. The organization. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. massive, massive thing. I think a production manager is one of the, if, is, if not the <laughs> most important role, which should all, which should be kind of the main point of a production. Yes, yes. And more often than not, they're just not non-existent. Like even so, you mean like scheduling rehearsals, venue, and all that? Because here, I think most of the time, like the director decides that stuff mm-hmm. together with like the production company or or whoever is in charge. But it's never that one mm-hmm. production manager who does all that and works with the director. That's it. The director just does it himself or herself. Exactly. You know? Like when, at least in my experience, for example, working with FM, for example, Luke is a production manager um, and he kind of works in tandem, like in Panto, I feel. Like he works in tandem with Edward and Chris and then they decide, okay, so we can rehearse there, for example. At least I, th- I think that's how it works. Um, so I think it depends the company um, and how it works. Yeah. But for example, when I think when um, you kind of you're hired to do a project, then it kind of then depends between the production manager and then the producer. Um, and they kind of decide it in tandem. It's interesting because I've just done obviously Smoke and Mirrors yeah. and for that I kind of take the three boxes of producer, production manager <laughs> right, right. and actor and I will tell you now, I've done that now, I'll never do it again because <laughs> it's a I lot think, of... I don't think that should be a thing in Malta though, I don't no, think yeah. an actor should, I don't think someone, no. whatever artist they are, should be behind the table or in front and in front of the table. So I think I, I agree it, it really depends. Yeah. I think it depends on the kind of show you're doing. So for example, if you're looking at a straight play or a musical or something, mm-hmm. you know, written established that you're just putting up, yeah. you're putting up a ready-made show, so mm-hmm. to speak, then yes, I think it's quite important to have your established roles because it's going to take quite a lot of attention to get it done right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like devising groups and devising theatre, it can be a bit blurred, especially with how the roles work. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's take, for example, Smoke and Mirrors, you know? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a packaged team. Um, where we were a group of six, and all of us were not only performing in it and creating the show, but we were in charge of sound, in charge of lights, in charge of the presentation that we were being used, production managing, Alex was directing. Yeah. And we learned a lot from it because... We're both on stage and we're also trying to get an eye outside mm-hmm. of it and having a look at it. But it needs to be balanced in the sense of like once there's an actor, like if the director is also on stage, there needs to be somebody else on the outside having a second look, giving a, a second yeah. pair of eyes, you know. But if even then, for me, that's not enough. Because if you're a director, you're directing a play of a particular vision. Mm-hmm. If you're in that, if you're then in it, then you you can't... Trust. I don't think you can trust someone else to have that external view because they don't have the same vision. And And it applies for like lights and sound. It applies for everything. I don't think someone should have that pressure of being on stage and doing their work and then thinking, like if they're the production manager, for example, 
um, oh, that needs to happen, and there is that deadline for that. That's tomorrow. I think exactly. that I should there no. be there should be such a distinction a between the both because whether it's a small production, I feel, whether it's a big production, they mm-hmm. both have their stresses, and the closer you get to the deadline, so the closer you get to Tech Week and and the shows, the pressure's going to be up there. So the last mm-hmm. thing you need is to be thinking, oh, okay, uh, crap, I forgot my queue there. Oh, but I'm actually thinking about that email I need to send yeah, to that yeah. client. <laughs> like, it's, it's a bit... I think There's you a lot should... to juggle. Exactly. Yeah, cool. And I, I mean, it's, for me, it's a pitfall of, of, I think, a relatively small company. And then usually it's the small companies that have this because... You know, limited numbers, and they just kind of double up on the roles, mm-hmm. and 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 it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it you know, companies do make it work. But yeah. You start seeing it, for example, like for, if you have a director in the room, you know, they're going to be the ones who would start calling the shots on when they want rehearsals. So all of a sudden, that kind of responsibility that usually would belong to a production manager mm-hmm. has already shifted. That, that then, for example, the producer might have an idea for the marketing, so that that responsibility has mm-hmm. shifted. And I feel like it's a production manager's role is going to change production to production because yeah. they never know what the needs are going to be. That's it. And a lot of the a lot of the skill set that they need, a lot of the things they would need to do within a production can in inverted commas easily be transferred to another role in terms of a director, in terms yeah. of a producer, even sometimes within some actors depending mm-hmm. on the show. And that's why I think they're sometimes overlooked. You know, yeah. in terms of organization, maybe a producer might take it on themselves, you know, mm-hmm. but then they're not present enough, for example, and the communication is yeah. thrown out the window. If a director is managing the rehearsal schedule, but then an actor needs to communicate to them, they'd be busy with something else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things start, things start to loosen up a bit and these things need to be tight. Yeah, that's what, that's what the thing, that they need to be tight because if you have a team, like it's something I've learned because like I've been through it, you end up. Like everyone's role, if they know what role they have, they need to know what their responsibilities are. Because if, for example, as a stage manager, someone comes up to me and tells me, oh, I can't make, for example, that rehearsal, I've informed the production manager. I say, that's not my remit. That is actually the production managers. You go to them. It's so So then, But then it comes down to the top. So producer slash or production manager to say, this is your role. This is what you need to do. Anything else... Pass on to me and I'll pass on to that person. Or you can pass on to that person directly. I don't think those roles should ever be crossed. Because what you end up happening is... What ends up happening is... Um, you end up doing someone else's work, one. And they end up not doing anything. Because like, we are... They're doing it. It's fine. Um, you end up being held responsible if something goes wrong. When it should be the other person's. Um, and also... Which I don't mind that people come to you to ask questions and whatnot. But if it's not my job... And I'm not getting paid for that specific thing. <laughs> then go to the person who's being paid no, to there do it. Go. No, there you go. I mean, these resp- these responsibilities always need to be ironed out. I think at the yeah. very, very beginning That's of a project, it. and it's not only for the backstage crew, but it's also for the onstage yes, or for absolutely. the onstage cast. It's kind of a case of because you see it, you know. For example, you're going to rehearsal, and an actor would text the director that they're going to be late, but the mm-hmm. director is not the person that needs to be receiving that That's text. It. It's it's, if there if there is a production manager yeah. in the room and it's explicit that they're the ones taking care of rehearsals. Yeah. Then you communicate with them. But yeah. because we're not used to seeing these roles within mm. productions, you know, because um, it, it goes back to even like, for example, some training that we would have done. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't really... I, in, I, I've taken part in quite a few different um, youth theatre mm-hmm. um, productions, not only, not only in Malta, but even when I was training abroad, mm-hmm. when we would have a show, there's no... There never really is a production manager 
yeah. they're with you from the very start, I feel. I see them in, once you get closer and closer to the production dates, then then you start getting revealed. Okay, so this is your stage manager. Yeah. Great. I know that a lot of the things I would normally ask the director, I'm not going to ask you because you're mm-hmm. the one in charge here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, a production manager from the start of the process is something you don't really see. Um, when yeah. you're training, when mm-hmm. you're training, Hallium, but when you go into you know a professional job, yeah. they are there. Yeah. But then because, as an let's take from an from an actor's perspective, because of, as an actor, I'm not used to seeing a production manager on set. Yeah. Um. Then a lot of my questions get directed to the wrong people when I'm on yeah. a professional set, for example. That's and, it. and that's when the confusion starts. So I think it is quite mm-hmm. important to take it back. You know, yeah. a bit more down to its roots mm-hmm. and install it and, and showing the importance of it yeah. whilst you're training so that once you then eventually mm-hmm. go into the professional world, yeah. it's there, it's present, you know how to work your way mm-hmm. around it. For, for me, this thing, it's, it's, it's an element of education. We, like, we're not, we were never, at least I wasn't, I don't know about you guys, maybe you've, mm-hmm. you've had more education than me on this, but um, you don't get education on, okay, this is what a production manager does, this is what yeah. a stage manager does. This is, like, somewhere yeah. obvious, like, if you're... Dress tears, you know, you have to go to costume and not sound. It's something yes. like that, which that is obvious, but then, but then some things, things it's like aren't as yes. obvious. The you thing know? is, then, if, as you said, it boils down to education. I mean, at the moment, I'm a drama teacher, and it's like the second the kids walk into my class, like, Miss, I don't want to be seen on stage, no problem. Huh. Like, part of my curriculum is I'm gonna show them the various roles there are because. I was even, wasn't even taught that. I was literally thrown into it and then after I was told, oh, so that's what a stage manager does. Yeah. That's what a production manager does. Um, so as you said, it, then it boils down to education. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I love it as well because even like in terms of my teaching, so like I teach dance and I love it because we're preparing for a show at the moment yeah. and they ask me questions. So how does the stage going to be like? Do I have to wear masks on this? And that's that's something in my head. I'm like, I wish I had the answers for those. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm here to teach you choreography. Yeah. Like I don't know how. You're gonna, I don't know thing, what yes. you're gonna wear. I don't know if you're gonna have masks or not. I don't know what the stage. Like I have an idea of what the stage is gonna be, yeah. but like the full setup of it is not exactly yeah. within yeah. my knowledge yeah. at the moment because there will be people for that closer that's to it. the date. That's it. Um, in an idea word you can get those people a bit beforehand so that everyone is constantly in the loop yeah um but sometimes but then again like working working with kids is different than with teenagers the thing is i feel like working with the kids we teach if you give them information then they're gonna ask questions what what about that sir Mm -hmm. so it's like sometimes let's not say anything let them go into the theater (laughs) and then once you're in the theater that's who you ask for that, that's who you ask for that, you ask us for singing, dance, drama, exactly. whatever. Like. I mean, uh, it, it depends on like the roles, because obviously it's not just a case of backstage crew, yeah. generalized. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, and, and I would say that the majority of roles, their main concern is when they're in the theater, because yeah. they can't really do their job without being in the theater. That's it. You know, you can't really plot lights, you can have an idea of lights, you know, you mm-hmm. can sketch a design, but really and truly, the actors, it's not going to affect it because they're not going to be, you're not going to be shining torches on them. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the same way you have a mock prop, for example, yeah. you're not going to shine a torch on them yeah. when you're doing a rehearsal That's inside it. the studio, you know, because yeah. it's not something that realistically mm-hmm. can be addressed before. I mean, what I have experienced is, I think they have done this for a musical, where um, the light designer plotted everything at home on the program because yeah. he knew exactly how to mm-hmm. And then they went into the theatre and then they started cleaning, which I think really quickened... Mm-hmm. 
that process. Yeah. Yes, but but it's still separated from the cost. Yes, then. yes, because absolutely. like it's it's the same thing for like a sound designer. Maybe sound is a bit easier because you can get a speaker into a room and people can yeah. listen. But you're gonna do most of the work, you know, outside of the space, outside mm-hmm. of the rehearsal space, and then you bring it in it. later on. The same thing with a light designer. You, you can. Yeah. You, you can sketch them out on a notebook, you know, whatever yes. works for the light designer, if they know what they want and it's their mm-hmm. concrete present for them, then once they're in the theater, they know what to do. Yeah. But it's a case that the actors on stage aren't going to really be accustomed to it mm-hmm. until the dreaded production week. Yeah. Because that's the only chance they get to hear, it. To, and to see and hear. The thing is like, and again, an actor's job isn't, isn't to worry about the lights and that's the it. sound mm-hmm. of something else. That's like, they, they, Joe, they only worry about it when they're on stage. Yeah. You know, a month before the show, I'm not going to say worrying about the lights and I have to stand here because of the light. That's not in my remit. That's not my responsibility. Yeah, at that point in time. You know, not. so just how we, we need to know who to ask for depending on, on what the problem is. You know, I have to understand my role as an actor performer, if you yeah. want to call it. So I'm not going to worry about lights until I'm on stage and they say, I oh, know in this you have to move more this way than you're used to because of that's this it. or that. Yeah. But that's something you figure out then. You're not going to... I get you, but the thing is with this kind of stuff, it's it's really depending on the show, you know, mm-hmm. because there are there are shows where like the sound is as equal to a performer on stage, you know, yes, as yes, a, like, yes, like yes. an actor can be equal to the sound. Sometimes yeah. even the lighting, you know, might be really really mm-hmm. important because without it, you, the show That's just it. doesn't stand on its own two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these things, I think it's it's in, we are moving towards it that they all have equal presence. We, yeah. we, we always prioritize. Mm-hmm. We do prioritize the actors. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a thing that happens, yeah. you know. Whether we like it or not, traditionally we mm-hmm. prioritize them. But I I'd like to think that we are moving towards um, having an equal playing yeah. field for actors as well as light, as well as sound, as well as costume. Because really and truly, if you want to consider them all mm-hmm. for a show no matter how big or small, mm-hmm. without them, you're losing a leg to stand on. Yeah. Yeah, your actors, your actors can be great, but if you have a sound designer, light designer, doesn't really know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Then, then uh-huh. it's not, the show can only be of a certain quality. If you're putting in sound, you know? just to put in sound, you know? Yeah. Just for the yeah. sake of, ah, oh, okay, so let's put in this random music because it will fill up the scene, probably, nicely. Who yeah. knows? Um, doing it just for the sake of doing it is always going to not... To go. put down the quality, you know? it's, 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 a, it's, a, like, it's a lazy, you know. It, it, so then, if you pro- like, you're, like you're saying, the vision. If you're properly thinking about it, then you can incorporate it from start cool. to finish and yeah. make sure everything complements each other. Yeah, no, as in, I, I totally agree. Mm. But then, like, so depending on the show, because before you mentioned if the actors are great, but then the lights and sound are lacking, then you have a show of a certain quality. But then it depends the show. So when the producer and the director coming up with their creative team. I think, I can't say like depending the show, you get a certain light designer because for example, when it comes to a light designer, at least in my experience, they should be capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then if there's something that's a bit impossible, then they research and they see mm-hmm. how that can be done with, for example, the certain budget that they have. Okay. Um, so then it boils down to what show do you want? What team do you want? If you have a kick-ass team, then you're going to have a kick-ass show. If you're going to have a team where it's like, oh, we will just get them, like, it's going to show. Yeah. That it was it was done ashek ash you know they just needed someone so they brought someone like in. we are like and budget's another thing that that, that yeah. I was going to point out that's not because we're we're talking like ah you know you can get that guy and this girl and this at the were really good it depends but on sometimes budget. budgets it's another story you can't afford the best or like a best yeah. in everything sometimes sometimes you have to settle for someone doubling up production and and stage manager sometimes you can't afford anyone at all so that's budget. why you literally yeah. double up um, but then like. 
when it comes to budgets, I feel like budget is such a funny thing in the sense of budget is always such a question. In my experience, I feel like sometimes it's it's a question because, you know, sometimes you're asked, um, oh, can you do this show for this price? And sometimes it's like for the amount of work, you need to be paid a bit more. Because, that, yeah. so, so budget is always... At least at the moment, it's it's a bit of a strange it is. thing mm-hmm. um, because it depends on the company, it depends, you know, private versus public um, organizations. It depends, um, you know, who is handling the budget, um, what vision do they want to go for? So then, you know, with the, that vision, what is the budget? Do we need to increase the budget or decrease the budget? Um, so I, I think budget is such a... Mm-hmm thing that people tiptoe around um, quite a bit. I think those questions are a perfect segue into next week's episode, <laughs> to be honest, because yeah. this this pretty much, uh, we've talked about everything we've had to talk about for part one yes. of our chat with Lisa, which was basically revolving around the backstage yeah. and what about, we are also going to have a part two episode with Lisa, which revolves around um, the current culture climate in Malta. We'll dig yeah. into her role with Maya a bit over there as well, and, and we'll have a bit of a chat about what yeah. we think the current status is with everything going on. Yeah, Um, let's get into it, guys. Yeah, I think that was great for this week, guys. So thank you very much. Uh, We'll wrap up there and we'll see you guys next week for part two.